Get ready, it's time. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Each episode of Motherhood Talk Radio features guests who all have a story, experts in their field, and information you won't want to miss. We bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s. From great parenting tips to moms facing some tough challenges, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey, everybody, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today with Danielle Findlay, and she is coming to us from kind of central Northwest Canada, and I'm here in Los Angeles, and we're going to talk today about yoga, about fitness, you know, why do yoga and Pilates beyond just the physical aspects of health, and I will tell you a story, Danielle, when I first was divorced and my husband left, I took a yoga class. And I was so angry and I was so frustrated. And I went in there and I was in good shape. So I thought (laughs) until I couldn't do any of the poses. And then towards the end of the classroom uh, episode, the guy says to me, Oh, are you new? And I'm like, no, I just come to every class and fall over three times. And there was this man next to me who smelled so bad. (laughs) And all I could think of is like, God, yoga stinks. And so I never went back until I got sick. I was diagnosed with stage three C lympho or um, melanoma. And I have been in treatment for the past 14 months. So my usual haunts of being a spin instructor and spinning five days a week and running around to all these classes where I can challenge myself and sweat went right out the window. And Mm -hmm. I found on my Beachbody app and Beachbody has supported our shows over the years. So thank you to Beachbody. There was a three week yoga retreat with a little Pilates thrown in. So I thought, well, I can't go to the gym. The gyms are closed. I'm not supposed to be around other people, both with, you know, the COVID threats and with my um, immunotherapy. So what if? And so I started this little three week yoga class online with a little, you know, my iPad in the bathroom. And I felt such peace. I felt grace. I felt relief. I felt my body getting stronger. I'm like, what happened? I'm the same person, but I'm not the same person. And the practice was not the same practice. And I realized yoga is not like pizza, you know, like there's a million different things about yoga. There's a million different things. Like it's kind of like all the toppings, you know, on warp speed, but I realized I don't know anything about yoga and I don't know anything about Pilates because I've only taken a handful of classes here and there, but I started to get these astounding results. And if you had asked me 10 years ago, would I ever be on a show telling everybody, try it, try it, try it. I would say you're out of your cotton pick in mind. 
But so here we are. And you've got a unique perspective. You're in a unique part of the world. And you have a unique background. I'd love for you to tell us your story. Sandra, thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate that. Um, I love being part of like-minded platforms where we can bring attention and awareness to wellness, you know, mental, physical, spiritual wellness. Um, And I congratulate you on continuing your yoga journey because it's not easy. I come from a corporate background. I come from a athletic background. I was intense. I had a lot of issues growing up. Um, I was taught that your exterior is really what your value is. So I've had a lot of learned behavior and a lot of very destructive, um, you know, thoughts about my body. Danielle, I'm just going to stop you for a second because now is a really good time to thank our sponsor. And our sponsor is Best Fiends. And they've been with us for a year and a half now. And I really like them because I actually play them. I played them even before they came and sponsored my radio shows because that's how great they are. And while I'm talking, I want you guys to download the five-star rated puzzle game Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Friends Without the our best fiends. And what I like about this game is it's fun and it's challenging and the colors are cute and the music is great. It doesn't annoy you. And it allows me to go back in time when I was a kid again. And I actually get to play with my friends. I play with my sisters around the country. I play with my friend Frankie in Toronto. And you know, when you play together in these games, it's like being a little kid again. It's refreshing. It, it, it allows you to send little gifts to each other, you know, without going to the post office or spending any money. And it's really a super fun game. And you get to solve these puzzles. And they're just the right amount of challenge and strategy. They're challenging, but not frustrating. And I think that's really important when you're looking for a brain break or to play something, you know, to kind of refresh and relaxing you. And it's way more fun than just smashing candy over and over. And in fact, it's so fun that I keep it on my phone. I take it wherever I go. So if I'm waiting in line, I'll rip off a few levels. Or if I have to wait picking up my kids, you know, because with with all of these restrictions, everything takes so much longer. So this is a great way to abate that frustration and replace it with super fun. So I really like that there's no like finish line. There's no game over. I can always pick it up, play a puzzle and, you know, just don't blame me if you can't put it down. So I want you guys to download this five-star rated puzzle game. It's called Best Fiends. You can get it free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Friends Without the R, Best Fiends, Friends Without the R. There's also neat little stories. There's fun little characters. You're going to love it. I love it. Give it a shot best fiends that's friends without the r best fiends now we're talking today about danielle findley and using yoga as a way to decompress and de-stress our bodies and kind of make our day-to-day a little more enjoyable and flexible and pretty and we can fit into our pants so these are all really good things but danielle you were talking about the stories that you told yourself tell you my story first before I open my mouth. That's what I was led to believe. So it's taken me, how old am I now? 47 years old. So it's taken me 47 years to come to grips with this and really develop this beautiful relationship with myself. So I come from a corporate background, 30 years of corporate uh, marketing and communication recently. And when I left in 2000 and Ooh, 17, I think it was. Um, I really started delving into a completely different way of movement. So I am certified in both classical Pilates. So there's many different 
different styles of Pilates, Fletcher, Windsor, Stott. So I'm, I'm classical and I am trained in yoga as well. I have my certification in a trauma, in a trauma, through a trauma trauma-informed lens. So my studio here in Canada is a Pilates yoga and wellness studio. So I, which is very rare, you don't often find yoga and Pilates teachers combining um, because they are, there's a, there's a misconception that um, Pilates and yoga are the same. Pilates, in my opinion, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physiotherapist. I am a movement facilitator. And I believe wholeheartedly that movement heals. So I come to Pilates from a, I come, I, my belief in Pilates is that it comes from a physiotherapy background, whereas yoga is so much more spiritual connection, but they both are about movement. And I love movement. So when you say that, you know, at this stage in your life and your movement is very different, there's also so much that surrounds who you are or who you've become that your movement is entirely different and your approach is different. You know, I used to be a marathon runner because I had to run. I had to be thin. I had to be competitive. And I had, and did I like it? No. So now, you know, my philosophy and what I do is that let's look at your mind, body, spirit on all levels. So are you healthy? I believe that every single body has an ideal weight and we are accustomed in our culture to fight like hell to become something that we're not supposed to be. Yes, you have a healthy weight. So if you're above that healthy weight, you should do what's required to get yourself to the healthy weight because then you fall into, um, you know, some health Things are going to happen to you, diabetes, you know, heart disease, all that, that different line of things. But everybody isn't, has an ideal weight. So why do we continue to fight tooth and nail thinking that we're not good enough who we are just as we are? Well, I think, you know, as women, we're told every day in social media and magazines Mm -hmm. and advertisements that if you just buy this product, you'll be beautiful. If you just wear these shoes, you'll be a faster runner. Like, you know, that's, you know, my background is advertising and marketing and, you know, I'm, I'm not proud of the campaigns I've done, but I would look and go, wow, if I can make a girl feel prettier, she'll buy this. If I can make someone feel, you know, a certain way. And so I think, you know, part of our digital media and exposure teaches us that we are not good enough until we buy a certain product or buy into a certain thing. And, you know, I think one of the things that happened, Danielle, when I started going to the chemotherapy center to get my treatments was I started to look at women (laughs) without their hair, you know, without their makeup, without their, you know, and when you don't have eyelashes, because they've fallen out, you know, you line your eyes a different way, you know, we do all these makeup tricks to try to look better and, you know, appear better to the public. But at some point, especially if you have a lot of treatments, like I did, I had 14, you kind of get to the point when you're like, oh, whatever, like, if it's, you know, my, you can't see my eyebrows today, no worries. If I don't have any eyelashes, no worries. Um, It doesn't mean you give up on yourself, but I started looking at women in there and, you know, they were all beautiful in different ways. You know, what I started to Mm -hmm. notice, you know, when you take away hair, when you take away eyelashes and eyebrows and, and lipstick and all those things, and most everybody who does 
immunotherapy and chemotherapy wears scrunchy stuff. You know, you come there, you're going to sit in that chair for a couple hours. So you're going to be comfy. So there was kind of like a letdown of fashion, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I looked around and I'm like, you started noticing people's cheekbones and noticing their cute little noses or their interesting features. Or, you know, this one lady had these great lips and they didn't look like, you know, carved out magazine balloon lips. They were just so beautiful. And I realized how much we look at ourselves and we look at other people and we're almost like Pavlov's dog trained to go, okay, well, this is beautiful or this is beautiful. And this one lady came in and she had lost all her hair and she had the most beautiful head. Like as silly as that sounds, I kept staring at her and she's like, and I'm like, you don't have a mole, a wrinkle, a bump, a dent. I said, your head is perfect. I'm like, it looks like it was made out of clay. Like somebody had polished and shined it. And we, you know, we had a good laugh about it because, you know, we don't ever look at those things. And that's one of the things that has been one of the gifts of my treatment to look at my body and go, you know what? It's still here. It's still working. It's still Mm -hmm. doing its thing. And you know how silly it is. So what if I have a bunch of scars? What if, so what? Like, that's not the standard of beauty that I have anymore. You know what? I really celebrate that Sandra, because what you're seeing is that raw beauty. And that's, that's what, that's when you're born, that's what you, you don't see anything different is what we're taught by, you know, our upbringing, our surrounding, our social circle, advertising, you know, media. Um, And like you said, when you come from an advertising or marketing background, you're going right for emotion, right? You're going for emotion to trigger that. So people buy a product at the end of the day, you're looking for them to spend. And we have just we, we have, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Our thoughts about beauty have been so convoluted and so disfigured in our own minds that we don't even know what that is anymore. And I'm so thankful that um, your treatment has brought you to a point where you're looking at beauty completely differently, because when you see it, you share that you speak about it very different. And I think that that is such a beautiful thing. And that's exactly what happens when I when I bring people into my studio, because I live in a very athletic area in Canada. It's labeled as Olympic Village. Everybody here is an Olympian, you know, an Olympian, you've been to the Olympics is very athletic. So people power. So when they come in, um, if you're familiar with Ayurveda, it's like a pitta, it's fire based. So it's really like CrossFit and HIIT training and it's intense. So when they come into my studio and I'm like, let's just breathe. They're almost, um, well, first of all, they're taken, taken aback and they're, and, and it's like, they have this they're like, what? My breath, what? Like, get me to move, get me to like to sweat, get me. And it's just like, oh no, no, no. We're going to connect with your breath because that's your essence. That's who you are. Your breath is always boss. And for in this moment, can we just appreciate your breath before we move on? Because when you connect to your center, to your core, to who you are, you move differently, you think differently, you act differently. And that is your insides. Our outsides might be super healthy, but what are our insides like? What's that narrative that we've told ourselves or have been told to believe? Oh, absolutely. You know, I can think back to my, my swimming days, you know, in high school and college. And 
you know, I would go up and stand on the blocks and I would literally, I know this sounds really stupid. I would try to suck in my thighs because, you know, you could suck in your stomach, you know, and I'm like, yes. I'm okay with my shoulders <laughs> down, but I have like, you know, power legs and yeah. it made, made me a good butterfly or made me a good swimmer, made me a good athlete. But in those days, you know, we're talking the late eighties, early nineties, that's when the bathing suits were cut where your rear end is hanging out. And, you know, if you're, there were a lot of girls that were very body positive and they were proud of their looks. I wasn't one of them. And so I would be like trying to get that bathing suit to cover my tushy. And then I'd be like, okay, suck in your thighs or flex your thighs. Like, you know, and I'm supposed to be thinking about the upcoming race. And that was the battle I would always have. I would put one foot on the block and I'd go, okay, suck everything in get up there. And then I would have to go through this little ritual with myself. Don't look at the audience. Don't look at anybody. Just, you know, wait for the, you know, the, the, the buzzer or in, in, you know, my earlier days, it was a gunshot, you know, to start Mm -hmm. you. And I would have to get out of my body into the race. And it was an actual, like a gear shift on a truck. It didn't come naturally, not not every woman athlete has these things, but there's a lot of us that when we have to get up like that for a few seconds, we're so self-conscious till we can get out of that place. Absolutely. And we're conditioned and always, like you said, and told we're not good enough. Mm-hmm. So our, our battle in life is to prove ourselves, to be validated and, and be seen for who we truly are. So then you start getting injections and you start getting things sucked out. Then you're starting to change your true natural beauty to be something else, hoping that is how you're going to be accepted. You know, but the, the acceptance comes from if in. I accept myself. I really, you know, the judgment, other people's judgment or opinion, I have no control over that, but I do have control over how it affects me or how that narrative in my head just triggers so much different trauma from my previous life to where I am right now. I, you know, I'm a big talk therapy fan, big therapy fan. And I think that it's incredibly important because we all have trauma. We have big T trauma. We have little daily traumas and we're constantly triggered by these that you know this is just another another layer and another layer and then when we're told whether we are in male-dominated industries or we've been in really destructive relationships where we have been told that we're not good enough we start to believe that narrative and at what point in our lives do we actually take a step back and be like you know what actually screw this I'm gonna find out who I am and the power and we take back our power we you know I I have a lot of women who come into my studio and they come in and they're just deflated and it's like okay you know I only work one-on-one and it's like, let's start from the basics. Let's start, start, you know, and I become this medium and this middle person where they just start, I've created a really safe space for, for people to come, women primarily to come and tell their stories. And they just start, it just starts coming out. And more times than not, they're apologizing at the end of their session, because it is like a therapy session. And they're apologizing for the things that they've said when a, I don't even remember what you said, because that's not my story. So what I do from an energetic perspective, is take your story and I'm just dumping it. I'm just, you're just offloading and I'm dumping it for you. But yeah, I'm just thinking, I'm just that metal person and I'm taking it away from you because you don't need to carry this anymore. And then we start this building blocks through movement and moving their bodies and changing the way that they 
understand, like you have to understand the way that your body moves. And that's what Pilates does. You have to understand, and, it is, and you don't need to be a doctor and you don't need, even need to know the technical terms of your body and the movement, but it's connection and you feel it. And when you start understanding the movement and your capacity and your capability and the strength that happens from movement, that's empowering. And women gain their power back. So they start bubbling and then they just float out of here until their next session. And they come back in and something has knocked them out of their, you know, it's hip check them, you know, against the boards. And then they're just rocked by something. Let's talk about it. And I think that that's really important as well. You need to have a support group. We need to surround ourselves with people, males, females, doesn't really matter, who are there to support you on your journey, to remind you when you've gotten off track and to remind you really how powerful you are. Well, that was one of the things that struck me, you know, with this latest yoga practice and, and that I was doing where I'm like, you know, with the treatments, I walk around feeling sick. I'm nauseous, you know, I'm tired. And I'm like, last night when I was working, you know, out and it's only 30 minutes, it's not, you know, and it's not super aggressive and it's very kind of slow. There's a lot of breathing. There's a lot of stretching involved. And I was doing some pose, like triangle pose, I guess, you know, and I, I, I looked in the mirror in my bathroom and I'm like, wow, I can actually do that. Cause I was purposely mm-hmm. not looking at the mirror. Yep, I, you know, absolutely. Like else, I have my mm-hmm. COVID-19, you know, that I put on and, absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, so I didn't want to even look in the mirror, but I looked in the mirror and I'm like, wow, I can do that. And then I'm like, gosh, my legs feel really strong. Like my arms feel really strong. And for the first time in probably, I would say 14 months, you know, I had a really good spin class right after I got diagnosed, right after I started my treatments, it's been 14 months since I felt strong in my body. And just having that feeling of strength from a yoga practice allowed me to kind of go through cruise through my next day going, I can do this. Like, Oh yeah, I'm strong. Right. I'm strong. I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. because our mind, you know, plays tricks on us. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, Danielle, um, when I was in the treatment center, a lady walked by and she had a little baby, you know, a cute little newborn baby. And she was there for her well baby check. And, you know, we're in the elevator and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and he's like one of those like jowly, you know, oh, really kind of, I love that. Yes, babies, you know? yes, yeah, absolutely. Grab mm-hmm. him and, you know, cuddle yep. him. And then he's laughing, he's blowing bubbles, he's doing all these things. And I thought to myself, here is this little being comes into the world. He's fat, right? He yeah. got the, the, like the neck folds with the, you know, like where they get like a little red in there, you know, and, yeah. and he's blowing bubbles and he's, he's happy as a clam. And I looked at him and I thought, what happens to us? Mm-hmm. You know, we come into this world. He's not self-conscious that he's got big thighs. He's not, you know, he's, look into his mom, look into me. He's not afraid of people. And it just struck me how many things we learn that don't serve us. You know, some of them serve to protect us. Some of them serve, but this little guy laying there bubbling, kicking his legs. I felt like I needed to go home and kick my legs, lay on the back of my bed and giggle and laugh because I can like, yeah, he's just doing that. Cause he could. Absolutely. And he doesn't know any different because he's healthy. You know, and we just, we can't accept or appreciate or celebrate our bodies are not letting us down. We're still here. 
right? We're still here. We're still here. We're still breathing and we're still living through everything that we've been through. And, you know, when, when, when somebody comes into, regardless if they're practicing yoga or Pilates, the biggest thing that we talk about is your hands and your feet, feet primarily, because we never, ever give our feet enough credit. You know, when you're standing, that's your body weight. When you start moving and walking, that's 1.5 times your body weight. And when you're running, that's five times your body weight that's on your feet. That's a lot on our feet and they don't let us down. They continue to go one foot in front of the other, carrying us through life, through all of our trials and tribulations and celebrations. So just for a moment, let's celebrate them. And people, my clients are like, what? And then we start getting into them and then we start working them. And then right from there, they're rooted and they're grounded. They have their foundation, that root chakra, right? Like they're super strong. So then you're able to expand. You're able to flourish. Breath is another one because, you know, we're always breathing. We're always breathing, but panting, listen to your breath. Are you panting? Are you elongating? Because your breath is, is a beautiful component. It, if you're not breathing, you're not living, but breathe into your sides, breathe into your back, breathe into your belly and expand because your breath can go into every crevice of your body. So all these small little things take away from burpees, push-ups, sit-ups, you know, these things that we are again, so conditioned to, if I can complete these things, I'm strong. I want you to go inside your body and feel the strength outside of all that, because when you change the narrative and the story that you're telling yourself, your body reacts. So it's going to become strong. What we tell ourselves is going to happen. If you tell yourself you're fat, you're going to be fat, regardless of if you are or not in what is deemed as being fat. But if you tell yourself that it's no different than telling yourself that you're not worthy, that you're not smart enough, that you're not deserving all that we tell ourselves mentally is what is happening to us physically. So your mind, body, and spirit is all connected. So if we're telling ourselves these terrible non, like that, that's, that's, they're not reality, right? But we're telling ourselves that based on X, Y, Z, and how we got to that point, learned behavior, you know, situations, whatever that is. And You know, but just by turning that and looking at yourself in the mirror and appreciating that, take your clothes off and look at yourself. You know, one of the things in Ayurveda practice that I absolutely love is you have to, or not have to, but you are gifted this beautiful exercise of slathering yourself in oil and getting into your body and rubbing it in and feeling your largest organ, your skin feeling it and appreciating it and loving it. We have that gift, but we never do that because it's, we're not taught to, first of all, and we're taught to, it's almost become more acceptable to not like who we've become than it is to show confidence and security. Right. Well, I remember sitting at a table with a bunch of women one day and this one girl goes, she goes, well, I really like myself. And I thought to myself, I don't think I've ever, I know I've never articulated those words. I don't even know if I've ever thought those words. Like, you know, because so much of it culturally, you know, we're taught, oh, that's rude. You know, don't, don't talk about yourself. You know, there's all these, you know, things on top of it. Oh, you're self-centered, you're whatever. And, you know, to be able to look like, you know, when I was finishing my yoga practice last night and I'm like, 
hey, you know, for an old broad, you're doing pretty good. And like you were able to do these moves, you could get through the class. And you know what I learned too, Danielle, is I'm a fast person. I like to run. I like to swim. I like to, to ride my bike. I like, you know, I like that movement, movement, movement. That's easier than holding a pose. That's yes. easier uh-huh. than slowing down. Like I have a bad hip. Like I have a, you know, like my, my son has it. My dad has it. It's just a painful hip and it needs a lot of stretching and a lot of exercising gently on that side to help it, you know, kind of do its thing the way it's supposed to. And I did it and I'm like, Ooh, like my hip feels really good, but everything to heal that hip was slow. And that was not in my nature. And I had to rethink what is a workout? Because for me, if it was less than an hour and a half, it's not real. It doesn't count. And so to find that at the end of a half an hour yoga or Pilates class that I took at my gym, that I'm gassed. I'm sweating mm-hmm. from like, mm-hmm. you know, like when it starts to sweat the roots of your hair and yep. you're sweating, your eyelids are sweating, like all of these things. And I'm like, but I didn't run around like a lunatic. I wasn't going fast. I wasn't rocking to the music. I'm standing still and I'm sweating to death. Like yep. that was really an eye opener to me. That, you know, the things that I love about those, those, those two modalities and the two practices is you can do vinyasa, you can do ashtanga, you can go like, you can sweat like crazy in a yoga class, same within Pilates, but I love how it's a gradual, you know, I love how there's that grounding force to begin with. And then it gives you the power in your body to be able to expand that, to go hard. And, you know, when you're holding a pose, we have an edge, right? Everybody has an edge. And when you reach your edge, and it's not easy to find it and to understand what that edge is, that edge is such a beautiful, magical place in time. Because when you hit your edge, you have a decision to make, am I going to push it and risk injuring my body for the sake of an ego? Or am I going to sit with that edge and listen to my breath and really decide, do I need to pull back? Like, is my breath a little bit more shallow? Pull back a little bit ego, but pull back because your breath will always tell you what's right. Well, always, but that edge point is a fine line between hurting yourself and not. And so much can happen to people's body in movement because they overextend what their capability is. Mm-hmm. We need to understand where our body's at today in this moment, which is different than it was yesterday. And it'll be right. different than it is tomorrow. Because when I was taking my training, I'd go into into a posture and be like, oh my God, I, I really rock at this one. And my box and my body is like, SpongeBob SquarePants. I cannot move on this particular day. And then that narrative, you're not good enough. You're terrible. You're not strong. What happened? Dot, 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 dot. It just goes on. And you have to train yourself to pull it back a bit and be like, well, what happened? Did I drink enough water? Maybe my body's tired. I've been practicing nonstop for months. Take a minute, pull back a little bit and find something, find the beauty in something else. There's always beauty in our movement. So when you're doing your practice and you're like, I'm feeling really strong, I'm feeling that I'm rocking this, go with that and see where that journey takes you. The hardest part about yoga, in my opinion, is not the physical, 
it's the mental because that is that chatter and trying to meet that chatter halfway to build this beautiful relationship with that chatter. Mm -hmm. Is it truth? Is it your reality? Are you just making that up? Has somebody told you that? Are you just like, what happened in your day to make you think that? That chatter and that, and getting to that point in yoga where you can breathe and just allow it to sink in. Just be, just be is very difficult, more difficult than the physical. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when you're a trained athlete, one of the things is you're always improving. Like I'm improving, I'm improving, I'm improving. And there are days like my radio days, like when I sit in a chair at a microphone, you know, kind of locked into this little cockpit for five hours and I have like five minutes in between, you know, recordings. When I do my yoga practice at night, I'm stiff. I'm rickety. I'm, you know, it's very different than if it's a day where I'm running around doing laundry, taking care of my kids, getting in and out of the car, doing grocery shopping. Like I'm moving, moving, moving. I go into my practice at night and that's a whole different body and to not criticize yourself. And I saw this when I was teaching um, spin five days a week or in indoor cycling and Some days I was really great. I could do 20 miles in an hour, no blink. Sometimes I could barely get to 15 and I'm teaching the class and trying to, you know, be perky and, and, you know, play the music and, you know, we're not machines. And I think many of us, especially those of us who have started athletics at a really young age, never got the message that we're not machines. And there's going to be good days and bad days because it's always push, 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 be your best, get, be better than yesterday, get going, get going. And when you go into a yoga or Pilates class, like I remember the first time I laid on the board, you know, that Pilates machine thing. And I'm thinking, do you just like go up and down as fast as you can? (laughs) Like, I thank God I didn't do it. I waited for the instructor to come in. I'm like, I thought it was some sort of bungee machine. And then I'm like, well, I'm looking at the pulleys and stuff. And I'm like, well, maybe there's lots of weights at the bottom that I can't see. Like, maybe there's like this secret weight set underneath, you know, because we're used to pushing weights. Absolutely. Or riding Mm -hmm. something fast or, Mm -hmm. you know, doing something. And I'm like, really, you want me to like lay on my side and just like, do the movement that was really hard for me well and I love the Pilates equipment the reformer is the the machine that you were on because it they the springs are there to help you be successful there's nothing worse than the feeling first of all you're going to compare yourself to the person laying behind beside you right and you're going to be looking at everybody and being like oh I can do that well no your body is so individual Your body is so special and it's so beautiful because it's yours. And that is, you know, like uh, I have my best friend in in, uh, Vancouver in Western Canada. She is uh, joining a Pilates studio and she's, she contacted me. She's like, what should I be looking for? Blah, blah, blah. And the first thing I said to her is how many mirrors did they have in there? And I said, because if there's a lot of mirrors in there, I don't believe in that. I have, oh. I have, I, ha, I do have mirrors in my studio. I have two because sometimes you need to see alignment and you need to understand alignment because, you know, Pilates is spine health. So you need to see your hips and that kind of stuff. But I have a real issue when I go into a studio and it's like everywhere there's a mirror because I'm not necessarily looking at the person beside me, but I'm looking at myself. 
Oh and I'm not just beans. No one yes. Oh, no. Yes. No. And they're not the best beers. If you're going to put mirrors in there, can they make me be 10 pounds? Like, yes, can you make like me look at myself and celebrate them? Exactly. But they, they never, and you, and then you start criticizing and then you're like, oh, do I really look like that? Right, and look at this is hanging. And you have yep. like two roles and it's like, yep. your logic tells you anybody with their head by their knee is going to have a roll of skin. Like you could literally Absolutely. just roll up you know I mean and bend it that way and you're going to have a roll but we look at it and judge and judge harshly going I can't believe I have like you know this this huge flap of skin over there well who wouldn't but you you know you don't stop in the middle of a class and go anybody else got that flap of skin yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) do you have this hangy flapping piece and that's all we see then it just like when I'm in that, I'm just like, that's all I see. And then we're missing like, and I'm also just leave a class because that's not what the practice is about. I had a client recently come to see me and during COVID I had to be, my studio had to be closed. Thank God, goodness. I'm open now. And she came to see me. She come barely in and she was so excited. And she started off by telling me, I haven't been, I haven't been honoring my yoga practice. And I said, you know what, just because you haven't been doing forward folds, because you haven't been doing sitting twists, yoga is a lifestyle. It's not just about movement. Have you been living with integrity? Have you been sitting in nature in the elements? Have you been enjoying your life and laughing and really appreciating the movement in your body and being in this moment in time? That's yoga. Yeah. You know, but we get so caught up in the movement. That's not taken away from the movement because the movement helps you explore your body and it helps with that chatter in your head that you can sit with it and just be because this is who I am. This is who I am. And you know what? If I can, can't touch my toes today, I know that eventually I will be able to touch my toes if I believe so. I read recently read a really dynamic book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Oh, James Clear, sure. Yeah, amazing book. And it reminded me that even though I'm doing the tiniest little things in a day, at the end of you know a year, a month, a week, I have gotten myself gradually to that next stage. Little things add up to make really big things. So each time you do a forward bend, a forward fold, trying to touch your toes, where's your back? Where's your feet? Are they grounded? Big toe, baby toe, middle of your heels. Do you feel centered? Do you feel balanced? Because that as we age is really important. Do you still have balance? What it, you know, the flexibility in our muscles. We're like, we're like elastic bands. It needs to constantly be used or else we're just going to tighten back up. But it is like riding a bike. Breathe. That breath will help you explore and expand the flexibility in your body. We all, every single body, regardless of challenges, regardless of barriers, regardless of belief, size, doesn't matter, can do yoga and can do Pilates. Everybody. Everybody. That's my firm belief. It doesn't matter. So, but we just have to modify it to to your, to your ability. So when you go into a class and you start comparing yourself to somebody who's been doing their practice or is inauthentic in their practice because they're using muscles that they're not supposed to be using to make the movement happen. And you're thinking, oh, I need to, I need to be like that person. No, you don't. You need to be you. 
Well, and sometimes, you know, like I come, I have my sister, Jill and my sister, Susan, we are three different, complete body shapes. Like Mm -hmm. Jill is almost, she doesn't like me to say this, but she's six feet in her stocking feet. Like she doesn't want everybody to know that she's 5'11", but sorry, Jill, you're six foot. Like (laughs) I get it. And she has really long arms and she has really long legs. makes her a beautiful volleyball player, like gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Like, but she's like a tall drink of water. And then my sister, Susan, is the short one and she's like five four she's curvy 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 I mean real curvy girl and not heavy just curvy mm-hmm. and then I have this amazingly long torso which makes me a good swimmer but then I have these like short stocky monkey arms and you know so when all three of us try to do the same pose like yeah. Jill's hands are she can bend over and her hands are almost like to her forearms on the ground because mm-hmm. she's so mm-hmm. long. And then my sister is more like the right proportion. But for me, no matter what I do, my arms are so short. Like I have to put my hands on blocks. There's just certain yep. movements I can't do because I have a, I know from buying bathing suits when I swam, I always had to get the extra long bathing suit. Mm-hmm. You know, so it would fit from like, you know, crotch to shoulder and there's nothing I can do about making my arms longer, <laughs> you know, barring like, you know, going back to rain on Netflix and being put on the rack, but I had to get over myself going, it's not a shameful thing to use blocks. Like there are certain things I just can't do because my arms aren't long enough given my leg length and my torso length. But I was trying for a whole year one time, trying to get myself to do these things. And I'm like, oh, screw it. I'll just use a block. I'll give up was what I thought in my head Uh because I figured, okay, well, the more you do it, the more you'll get it. And I kind of was like drawn on a piece of paper going like even sheer physics going like, unless I cut my femurs in half, I don't think I'm going to be able to get my hands where they need to be. And I want to get your take on that. Is that just me making excuses or are there certain poses that are easier for some bodies than others? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because of your body makeup. But you know what? There's the key word that you said there is shame. Yeah. There is. I always use props always, because that's why they're there is to help you be successful and feel the movements deeper, feel those poses deeper. So take, for example, triangle pose, right? So if you, you, if you have tight hips, if you have a tight lower back and you have shorter limbs, right? Arms, and you're using a block and your chest, you can expand and open it as opposed to just being like, oh my goodness, my hand needs to reach. And now I'm going to hyper extend in my knee because I'm going to walk in my knee because, and then my breath. Now I'm starting to panic because, oh my gosh, this isn't safe for my body. But if I just hold my breath, it's going to be over soon. And then you come out of the posture. (laughs) (laughs) Then you come out of the posture and then you're like, thank goodness. And you go on to the next one. Instead of taking up block, being able to expand through your pec, through your abdominals, through your back, through your hip and ground through your feet, feet, you know, think about your inner thighs because everything is uniform development in Pilates, in yoga, everything you're using every single muscle to make movement happen, not, and that the success is not getting your hand onto the floor. 
that's well, not that's the success. I thought because was. Was. they're like, put your fingers on the floor. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to get my fingers on there. And it doesn't matter what I'm going to do with the rest of my body and right. the injury and the torquing. And I'm constricting my breath. As I was holding to my breath. I had a headache after yeah. my first class. Absolutely. There's so many things I was trying to do and I'm trying to look at the TV or, you know, my iPad, look at the iPad, trying to get the exact same position. And I was so busy following instructions. I wasn't even trying to pay attention to what my body was doing. Absolutely. And that is the number one takeaway. This is your body. You do what you need to do for your body, not necessarily this, this, you know what? And I say that to my clients all the time. I'm just here to facilitate. I'm not in your body. So if I'm asking you to do something and you, it doesn't feel right in your body, tell me, communicate and be like, Danielle, this just doesn't feel right. Can we do something else to make this happen? Because my breath is starting to be constricted. Absolutely. Because there's always something we can do to modify. I would much rather that than the holding of the breath, torquing your body wrong, twisting your spine wrong, you know, and not feeling the beautiful expansiveness of the posture in itself. So as I said, keep using your props, use your blocks, use straps, use whatever is necessary, or even better, go into child's pose. Just don't do it. Do what feels good in your body in that moment. Because it's different than yesterday. It's going to be different tomorrow for right this second. Oh my what feels God. good so, for you. Danielle, what's your website for people who want to learn more about you? Oh, daniellefindley.com. And that's F-I-N-D-L-A-Y.com. Daniellefindley.com. We'd love that. Well, thank you for demystifying, you know, some of the preconceptions that I had, because it sounds like most people have them, um, you know, with a yoga and Pilates practice. We're going to be back again next week with another great episode. And I want to thank Danielle Findlay. You can go to daniellefindlay.com, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, Findlay, F-I-N-D-L-A-Y. We'll be back again <laughs> next week. Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Join us again. We've got something you won't want to miss. Motherhood Talk Radio is a production of Beck Multimedia.